Yes, it's the place to be for all things franchising. How can the FCA help you support your franchise? And today I'm with the FCA Chairman, Brendan Green. Um, welcome to you, Brendan. Great to have you here. Yeah, thanks very much, Brian. Good to join you again. Uh, absolutely. For those of you who don't know Brendan, he's been only recently uh, voted onto the chair at uh, the CEO as uh, under the, under the chairman's situation at the FCA. A bit of a background to him because uh, he's quite a legend, I think, in the industry, certainly becoming that way. He's the master of time management and leverage, as you'll learn when you hear about his past record and his current activities. So he, he launched his own lawn mowing business when he was just 19. Uh, so the same as Jim Penman started there on the grass. Um, and Hara Hubby, um, he got involved with substan or sub substantially since then. And since his mid-twenties, he's really been business development. Uh, he launched Franchise Cloud Solutions um, only a, a while back. He, he's what I would call a natural entrepreneur. His Harahubi network provides handyman, home maintenance, trades work. You may well have heard of it. Um, quite an extensive range of things they do for companies and individuals, households throughout Australia, New Zealand and the UK. Um, and, and from a beginning, humble beginning of one franchise in 1996, he's now got 322 franchisees in Australia, uh, uh, a large number, 58, I think, in New Zealand and 26 in the UK. So um, basically, what they do is provide coaching and mentoring services, um, you know, from that point of view, to emerging franchisees. Um, leveraging his 20 odd years of experience that he's had helping people develop their business systems and he's, he, that's his passion when it comes to the FCR I believe so no point in asking me I'll ask Brendan to answer the question so Brendan anything you'd like to add to your, your little intro I gave you Oh, well, firstly, thank you, Brian. It was very uh, generous, the, uh, the intro you gave. Um, yeah, as you've identified, I've been in franchising now for a, a big chunk of my working life, and um, it's certainly been very good to me as a, a way to run a business, and um, you know, we've achieved a, a bit of success along the way, which has been great. Um, and the, the obvious thing, obviously, uh, with what's going on now with the sector, uh, is that people with experience, um, you know, we rely on those people to, to come forward and do their bit to help out through things like the FCA appointments, and um, I just figured it was my turn. I, I took up a board position a couple of years ago and uh, was fortunate enough that they saw fit to uh, nominate, nominate me as the chair and um, you know, I just said it's probably my turn now if you like to put a bit back into the industry. We're a mature business at Hyrule Hubby um, and um, there's a, a big amount of work to be done now and we've got a good board and uh, you know, they're all working hard to support Mary and the team and the executive at the FCA. So uh, a lot of work to do right now, Brian. Excellent. So, look, for those of you not familiar with the FCA, and a lot of your listeners I know won't be, you'll have heard of them, I, I do uh, recommend them strongly, and it's certainly worth going to their new website, have a look around there. Um, but just to remind you, if you've ever got any questions, just give me a call, and I'll certainly put you in touch with whoever's appropriate. So, going back um, into the man of the moment, Brendan Green, who we're talking to today. Um, so, uh, fr from that point of view, you're on the board. Um, we're talking in unusual times. Um, could you give me a bit of an idea of, since the, the, the proverbial hit the fan <laughs> a few months ago, what, what's been happening at the FCA there? I've gone from a fairly small organisation handling a few hundred or several hundred members, uh, suddenly there's a much bigger responsibility, I think. 
Yeah, look, it's, a, it's an interesting time because, uh, ironically, we're, the Franchise Council obviously is a member-funded business. So um, the more members we've got, the more money we've got in the bank to provide additional support services, advocacy, education, etc. Uh, and that's the broad spectrum of what the FCA is always trying to do. But right now, the, the focus has shifted absolutely to COVID response. Um, we, If you look at franchising as a method to market, there are so many different industry sectors that use franchising to get out there and... Uh, provide additional services, goods, etc. Um, but so many of them have taken an absolute battering by virtue of COVID. Um, it's certainly not through any mismanagement on their part. It's just wrong industry, wrong time. Uh, you take travel, you take the fitness sector, uh, you take the, the food and retail areas. And um, these organisations are just unable to make a living. And the knock-on effect to all of those business owners, the staff that they employ, uh, the franchise all brands who've been well-established and doing everything right, um, have been put on their knees by a virus that no one's been able to control so far. Um, consequence of that right now is that um, we have seen some of our members fall away by virtue of the affordability of membership, albeit it's a, a usually an affordable thing for most, uh, which has caused our uh, FCA team to moderate the hours that Mary and her team are able to work um, in line with JobKeeper in some cases. On the flip side of that, there's never been more work to do. Uh, and I cannot commend Mary and her team enough for the effort, the hours, and the results that they're getting out of the work they're doing. Mary's constantly um, talking to those that matter in the press, those that matter in government. Um, she's having influence um, beyond what we've seen before at the FCA, in my opinion. Um, at 15 minutes after the Victorian government made their announcements on Sunday, you know, with 15 minutes' notice, she's uh, one of the representatives on the phone, you know, being consulted around what impacts they believe it's going to have on our sector. So right now, Brian, I think the most important thing that we can do for those that are fortunate enough, or is a classic example, we haven't been affected dramatically by the downturn apart from in Melbourne, um, is to really push to get those who are non-member franchise brands on board because the work Mary and her team are doing right now is benefiting everybody in this sector and for us to be able to bolster the resource, we're going to need to have additional members coming on so we can help Mary and her team with uh, some extra people to do some of the lifting and it's uh, heavy lifting she's doing uh, but they're running on fumes at the moment, seven days a week in a lot of cases. Oh, look, it is. It's amazing. I, I, I see my inbox <laughs> the number of times a week something pops in and it's Mary's right on the ball. The news is there. And I, I suppose my point is actually, you mentioned, you know, the, the sort of ripple effect, um, the pebble in the pond, but that's the same there because I think the work that the FCA is doing is actually having a fantastically beneficial uh, impact on many, many businesses in sectors outside of franchising. So people are... Oh, look, people it are does because... It is, absolutely. It's, it's benefiting small business in general. Uh, but I think, you know, if, if I put my franchise or hat on and, and hire a hubby in my response to my network and trying to keep them up to date, whether it was Melbourne you know, specific as it is right now or going back to, you know, uh, March, April when it first hit to the way it did, the uncertainty um, that we all had around what's next and, and who to believe. There was so much information out there that you didn't know where to go to, to start to collect the information. Then you needed to decipher the information. You needed to then share that with your uh, internal teams before getting it out to your external franchise networks. And what we found was over the course of time, when you've got a, uh, an organisation like the FCA involved, they're focused purely around the, the franchising elements. Uh, their team are motivated around getting that information quickly, concisely. Um, the feedback I get from the other franchisors that I'm talking to is that getting those bulletins, which are sometimes coming twice daily, if not daily, um, 
we're able to get that information out there to our networks quickly. And for any of the franchisors on the line, they'll understand that the um, emotion that franchisees are dealing with right now around their personal security financially, um, in a lot of cases the mental health issues that are kicking in right now, being able to get information that is concise, accurate uh, and regular um, certainly allays the fears because it only takes one whisper from one franchise partner to the next and all of a sudden there's a conversation going on in the background and there's a hype for control. Um, getting this information out concise and quickly, like I said, is really helping to quell the concerns of franchisees. Uh, they're able to then push that down the line to their staff and they're able to make decisions with qualified information rather than just jumping onto the Google machine and trying to find it themselves. Yeah, which is enormously difficult. I mean, I sympathise with the state governments and the federal government and the health departments. It's an incredibly complicated thing and everyone's got different opinions as to how you should do it. And so trying to get all the, you know, all the software organised on these different platforms, whether it's the JobKeeper stuff on ATO, etc., it's, it's a huge, huge task. I think there's been a large learning everywhere, but I think franchising stands to benefit so much. And uh, perhaps it's coming back as well to look at the, you know, the, the core benefits, advantages of franchising, uh, as you see them, because I think there are people listening who are perhaps considering franchising or buying a franchise, and, uh, what, you know, why would they do that at this point in time has got to be a fair question, I think. Uh, I think franchising is going to have a, a period that's unprecedented once the, uh, uh, I guess, the, the dust settles to a degree. Um, the unfortunate thing that's going on right now is that there are a lot of industries that are on their knees. There are a lot of people who are going to lose their jobs and take redundancy packages. I mean, we've seen the major airlines as a classic. No, no one thought we were going to see the likes of Qantas laying off the number of people that they are. Um, you know, I know through our own efforts at Hira Hubby, but also what I saw with the FCA doing, going and talking to these outplacement organisations now to provide an alternative to standard employment where we you know, uh, try and get a job through looking at SEEK, which is diminishing in terms of uh, the number of new jobs in the market. So there's going to be a lot of people looking to invest in their own self-employment opportunity. Um, the good franchise brands now are gearing up for uh, helping those people who are displaced from the workplace right now find alternative employment through self-employment. So uh, I think franchising right now is a, a very good way to get yourself secure for the future. We're certainly educating our database that way at Hire Hub. Um, but I think the, uh, the other thing right now that's been a big turnaround for the sector is having gone through a few negative periods there with Senate inquiries and uh, and the like, um, we're now actually being seen as a go-to uh, organisation at the FCA. We're being consulted around so much to do with the response to COVID and you know getting feedback from small business owners and the knock-on effect, um, taking a lead in helping manage our retailers deal with their shopping centre leases and things of that type. So the FCA has really turned the mood around in the government circles. It's been viewed far more positive. Uh, and that can only help all of the brands who did the right things in the first instance uh, to prosper now. And no one wants to prosper uh, on account of someone else's misfortune, but the reality of it is there are going to be people who need to find a way to make a living. And Self-employment is really going to be uh, an opportunity for many, I, I do believe. Oh, look, I, I certainly agree. And I, I go back, I was fortunate or unfortunate enough to be very active in the franchise sector with my business partners and we had offices emerging in all the capital cities back in the early 90s and I, I, I'll never forget 91, 92, 93 um, businesses that didn't suffer well that came out of that recession well organised so franchises for example generally retail franchises business franchises because they work so well with their systems 
they were able to reboot and launch and take a larger share of the marketplace. So for franchisees coming in, it was attractive. But for people looking for a business, that added security that you've been mentioning there with a the franchise over the risk inherently there in starting your own business and the high unfortunate failure rate means that there's going to be a high demand. So I think for franchisors and franchisees and those looking at franchising, it's an exciting sector and it's I think we're going to see, like you, Brendan, I think we're going to see quite a quite a lift in activity across the board. So, uh, yeah, absolutely. And just to your point there, Brian, I think one of the things that gets lost around one of the other inherent benefits of franchising, um, as you say, there's a, a massive failure rate, unfortunately, for independent small business in the first five years. Um, with franchising, you've obviously got a head office team that's there to support each of the individual franchise owners. But one of the things that, like I said, gets lost sometimes is the peer-to-peer -peer support that exists through most brands, um, where you've got other like-minded people running an identical type of business. Um, you take, yeah, it happens to be right now, uh, today, uh, any few days, are you okay, Dave? Uh, and I know through the Hira Hubby brand and others that I've been talking to, there's a lot of events going on today where we've got small regional groups getting together, whether it's in person where they're able uh, or online where they're not, just to check in on each other, to be able to make sure that you know, if somebody's having a tough time, there's some other people there to, to call out and make sure that you know uh, people are being looked after. And you know, we've heard through this pandemic that particularly for our mates in Melbourne right now, um, the lockdown extended out now to what will be eight weeks as a minimum. Uh, there are a lot of people climbing the walls. There's a lot of people starting to struggle mentally. So yeah, having that peer support as well as the head office support uh, is certainly something that will uh, provide, a, I believe, uh, a boost to your chances of you know, success quite uh, significantly. Look, I can relate to that. I was what you'd call a reluctant franchisee, Brendan. When I, when I got involved in franchising, I... I'd have been coast, I've been forced with the rest of the industry to close down my building business in the early 80s. It was a disastrous period of time. You know, interest rates were running up into the 20% for mortgages. And, um, and I said, no, 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 definitely not franchising. And I ended up with a franchise group called Bedshed. It was just coming off, just, just getting started then. And what struck me was exactly what you mentioned. It was the camaraderie and support between franchisees. So we actually had as much or more reaction between franchisees helping each other mutually because the great benefit is as you say they're in the same industry but they're not they're not generally competitors so it's sharing and, and that's the whole to me the whole cycle you get within franchising that generous sharing of information that benefits everyone particularly if you're at the learning stage of franchising where you're a fairly early participant as a franchisee or a franchisor yeah, it's funny, just anecdotally, I remember probably 10, 12 years ago, we have a Franchisee of the Year award, and uh, we award that on a state basis and rolls up to a national winner. And uh, the national winner of, I think it was 2007, coached the uh, yeah, his runner-up, uh, who ultimately became the national winner the following year. So he actually taught him how to beat him. Um, and I reckon if that epitomises the spirit of franchising, um, yeah, that, that, that's the real highlight of what you get with a good group. But I mean, as a franchisor, you've got to want to foster to that uh, and I think importantly um getting your guys together and, and letting them you know, interact and share their stories. Uh, apart from the fact that it actually lights the load of your head office team, um, there's nothing like hearing it from a peer. And what we found, we run support groups for our franchisees and other brands that we work with uh, around bringing like-like businesses around the table, identifying subject matter that's relevant to them, and just giving them the opportunity to discuss it amongst themselves and hear how you know, person A confronted the challenge and the outcome was. And you know, I've got this going on 
now has anyone dealt with that before and that's the real strength of franchising so for those that are looking to use franchising as a model to you know to go to market um, there are plenty of experts around and Brian can guide you to, to many of those his own services as well um, these are the sorts of things that will build a really strong base for a good franchise system yeah look and equally there's a lot of lonely franchisors out there uh, particularly smaller organizations or others that haven't realized you know what they're missing out on and I certainly encourage anybody to, um, certainly if you don't take the initiative yourself, contact me. I will organise for you to get a guest invite to one of their chapter meetings so you can get involved in one of their local board meetings, um, chapter meetings. And I think you'll find straight away what the benefits are. So don't hesitate to contact, um, you know, Brendan, the FCA, through their website or myself because it's, it, there's no cost at all to put your toe in the water and just experience what it's like. So, uh, mm. I think importantly too right now on that point, Brian, is that for any of your listeners who may not be members or uh, aren't aware of the opportunities, um, the FCA are running regular webinars on all of the key subject matters right now. Um, some of them are responses to COVID, responses to working from home and what the uh, legal responsibilities of an employer are. Uh, I was talking to Peter White from the Franchise Council yesterday about you know, uh, running some uh, additional sessions on franchise recruitment. Now, that's something that's been done for a thousand years. However, the big change right now is recruiting in a COVID period because the traditional ways of you know, catching up with somebody in person and having face-to-face -face meetings with you know, recruitment teams and the other members of the uh, head office support team are not as opportune as they were previously because of COVID. So how do we address that? Um, the move from some brands to training in person to self-paced online training are trends that have been built in the last couple of months by necessity rather than desire in some cases. So. Um, just being able to get on and listen to other people who've been there before might have already trodden the path that you're considering going down. Um, listen to those people. Uh, the, the one thing I've known about franchising, I first went to my, well, my first FCA function was back in about 1998, and I couldn't believe the freedom with which people shared their information. And um, I myself confess sponge from those days. I took every bit of advice I could and shook as many hands as I could and made as many contacts as I could so I could reach out. And uh, people that you barely know are very, very willing in a lot of cases to give up their time and insight. Uh, but now it's even easier to consume because things like webinars at the FCA are running, like I said, on a regular basis. You know, drop onto uh, your computer for a half hour, hour or whatever it might be, get the information, um, learn some, uh, some new information and you know, make some new contacts. So by all means, reach out and take advantage of it if you can. Oh, look, I agree. And for, for those of you who are perhaps not that techie, and a lot of people aren't, and that's just, under, that's just the reality, what I've certainly seen significantly across demographics from people in their early 20s to their early 80s that I have contact with for various reasons, people have become familiar with the concept of working with people online. So using the likes of Zoom and being into, into webinars is something that people who would never have dreamt of it are now accepting as the norm. So if you're a franchisor um, or a business owner, don't be shy of setting up some online sort of stuff. It's not difficult. It's incredibly easy to use. And it's surprising if you do it properly, you don't have to be a professional broadcaster, but you can get great response and interaction with people. There's nothing like being able to look in, straight into someone's face. And you can do that, you know, in these Zoom meetings uh, with dozens, of, if not, in fact, with hundreds of people. So do step into that. And uh, as, as Brendan's saying, there's a lot of information and support from the FCA across many of these different aspects. And some of the members 
quite a number of SCA members are regularly putting information out how to run an online meeting and so on and so forth. So the knowledge is there within the general community um, and available for anyone that bothers to submit their email address. Um, I might, might just mention in passing with these webinars and so on, you might say, oh look, I don't have the, um, the, the time, I can't, fit, I can't fit in for that particular uh, meeting. Do register because in nine cases out of ten, uh, you'll find you'll get a recording come through a day or two later. And uh, it's always worth making note and um, listening to those. Okay, sorry, I sort of interrupted your flow there, Brendan. <laughs> no, that's all. Uh, just on what you said there, uh, Brian, and again, um, just looking at how the sector works together, um, there's a, a man who's been around the sector for a long time, well-renowned for what it is that he does in the sector. That's Greg Nathan from Franchise Relationships Institute. Um, Greg and his team are probably the best I've seen at using Zoom to run online meetings. Um, you know, I, I've got a need to do a bit of that in my business. Um, I reached out to Greg and his team and just asked for a little bit of help and guidance, and uh, I think it was within a about 30 minutes I had a response back from one of his team offering that opportunity. So that's the spirit of franchising, but no better way to see how it works than maybe joining one of those sessions. Um, again, in Greg's case, you've got 60, 70 people online sometimes that are then interacting in small breakout groups as well as listening to uh, keynote speakers on the subject matters that matter right now. So uh, I completely agree with what you said there. Register for them, uh, get the recording sent through if you haven't got the time because there's a lot of valuable uh, information out there right now. Absolutely. So um, I suppose looking at the community and your role, what, what do you see looking down the track from the point of view? Let, let's, let's take a step beyond COVID. And as you say, we've probably got it for a long time. Who knows? Um, but seeing the sort of the daylight beyond COVID, um, what do you see as, the, as your role there at the FCA as the chair and, and in the emerging role of the FCA as that's also going through significant change? Yeah, look, it is. Uh, at the moment, uh, advocacy is one of the big things. And Mary is the, you know, the queen of it, I've got to say. She's very, very good at taking a case to the right people and presenting what the, the needs are of our, our sector. Um, the big area that we're going to need to rely on and quickly is the return of the support from the banks. Uh, at the moment, finance for franchisees coming into uh, a new business opportunity. Yes, some will come with redundancies from jobs they have lost, but there are others who are going to be a lot less fortunate than that. So uh, there's going to need to be a lot of work done in that space because there will be a lot of people looking for self-employment opportunities. Um, education is a, um, a staple part of what the FCA offer. And uh, as I mentioned to you before, it's, it's education about how to do business in this now new world because uh, the new world is becoming the way we're going to do things going forward, I do believe. Um, the quality of interaction you can now have with your franchisees using things like Zoom rather than having field support staff chewing up kilometres and, uh, and uh, hundreds of dollars of fuel driving from A to B, from B to C. We get a lot more done now in a day and we're a lot more thorough because we're able to sit in front of a screen, not be driving you know, all those kilometres and we're better preparing. Um, so how do we help our emerging franchisors? How do we help, in some cases, our very mature and established brands have been doing things in a deliberate way for such a long time to get them to open their eyes to what they might need to do as a shift to meet the market as it is right now. So education and advocacy will be two of the very big parts of the FCA's role going forward. Um, we've already had the, uh, the trend emerging, Brian, where 
I guess some of those bigger brands who probably felt that they didn't need the support of the FCA because they are large organisations in their own right, um, there's been a real desire to collaborate and bring the collective might of some of these big brands together around things like the retail leasing, for example, and you know, some of the other IR issues that are going on at the moment. So uh, our, our role with the FCA will be to continue to encourage those people to come in, share their knowledge, work for a collective benefit because um, yeah, right now we're seeing great collaboration. Everyone wants to come out the other side and there's a increased willingness to help. So uh, hopefully we can keep doing our job there and we can encourage those uh, that have got the skills and may not be members right now to, uh, in my words, I would say, do the right thing. Um, if your business is you know, trading successfully through this tough time and you're not a member, a small contribution to something like the FCA through your membership will build a depth into our team, which will mean we can do more for the wider sector. So I'd implore anybody who uh, is sitting on the, the fringes and maybe thinking it's a, a good thing, um, now is the time, if ever, to jump on board and support the sector that's supporting you. Yeah, look, and thanks for reminding your mention of some of the, the big hitters, if you like, becoming more actively involved. It's interesting to see in the last couple of years, organisations like McDonald's, who now uh, got an active, one of their senior team actively on the board of the FCA. And, uh, well, it's great to know for anybody as a member of the FCA, as a franchisor or a franchisee, you've got an organisation like that, you've got their weight behind you as well, bringing that maturity, that experience, their culture, their philosophy to actually help everybody in the sector. So that's quite an accomplishment, I think, to, to draw on that attention yeah. from those larger larger organisations. So you say, so still apart a little bit, they've sort of been a bit, it's been a bit unnecessary for them, I guess they felt, or whatever reason. Yeah, I think sometimes we all get caught in our own world and we all get busy doing what we're doing and if there's no crisis, there's really no need to change. Um, what I've seen, obviously, with my role as the chairman, uh, we've got board elections coming up shortly, um, and part of that process is if we've got people considering a, uh, a board nomination, um, I have the opportunity to have a chat to them, and I've been uh, impressed by not only the quality of some of the candidates that have put themselves forward for at least a discussion before nominating, uh, but the brands that are uh, now sort of stepping up that have not really been visible uh, from an activity point of view is... Um, well beyond what we've seen. So there's no doubt right now that the mood is that we need all of the uh, the biggest and the best on board. And um, yeah, we've got a very good board in my opinion, uh, but we can always look to get better. And some of the changes we're making at a state chapter level at the moment are designed to encourage uh, more and more of the sea level people that are probably not necessarily engaged at a state level to become engaged. Um, that's just gonna mean that the local gatherings, whether they're online or in person down the track, um, if we can have that experience coming along, the value that that brings to our emerging groups or even people who've got a challenge they haven't dealt with before to be able to have a conversation with a like-minded peer uh, is certainly something that we're uh, pushing hard for and we've seen already through the state chapter nomination process some, uh, some real talent come in there. So uh, again, for any of your listeners uh, who may not be participating at that state level, um, now's a good time to have a think about going along. They're usually done at times that are convenient rather than yeah, middle of day stuff. So yeah, hopefully there'll be some good value there for, uh, for all concerned. Absolutely, Brendan. I, I think thank you very much for all you contributed there. I, I haven't really got any more questions for you. I don't know. Is there anything you'd like to add? No, like I say, I, I think um, 
when you get an opportunity like this to talk to a group that are within the sector, um, you know, I, I really just want to reiterate what I've said. Um, obviously, I'm a franchisor and have been for over 20 years. Um, I've been a member of the FCA that whole time. Uh, I just want to you know, be on the record and commend Mary and her team. Um, the amount of work that they've done, that uh, it probably in some cases goes unnoticed in terms of the hours, but the outcomes that are being achieved, the mood shift uh, where the, uh, the key bodies, particularly around your ACCC and government departments, are now viewing franchising and the FCA as a go-to resource for information and assistance as opposed to being the, uh, uh, the, the bad boy on the, the poster. Uh, we're certainly in a point right now where franchising is being viewed as a healthy option. Uh, I think, like I said before, Brian, we've got an opportunity coming soon where there's going to be a lot of people looking to invest in franchises. Uh, and I just hope that anything we've shared today with your listeners and all of the other resources that are available by helping our franchisors get geared up to put their best foot forward, uh, bring some good quality candidates in. And there will be a lot of good quality candidates out there who didn't deserve to lose jobs who you know, could be the uh, next star in your franchise system. So hopefully we can uh, all... Uh, make a bit of hay out of these horrible circumstances and, and build franchising and our respective brands up to uh, uh, a very successful level. Uh, thank you very much. I agree with you. It's, ex it's exciting times and that's hard to relate to the people in, you know, who are struggling, uh, particularly in Melbourne and so forth, but anywhere in those sectors that Brenda mentioned that are, are doing it tough. But there is a light at the end of the tunnel and uh, I think getting pulling some weight together with others is going to be very supportive and help you accelerate your sort of breakout when your opportunities come wherever you might be. So it'll be delightful talking to you again, Brendan. I really appreciate your time. I'm, I'm quite indebted and I'm sure the listeners will join me in saying it's been a privilege having the opportunity to get to know a little bit more about your words of wisdom in regards to the FCA and so forth. Uh, and just a reminder to everybody, um, if you'd like to learn a bit more about the FCA, um, their website is uh, franchise.org.au. Um, please go there and have a look around and don't hesitate to contact me directly if you'd like to have an introduction or whatever. So thanks very much again. Just like to wrap things up and say uh, have a wonderful day, Brendan. Thank you for your time and everybody else get out there and let's make franchising the number one spot in the country. Thanks very much, Brian. Appreciate uh, the opportunity.